Hey there, everyone. It's time once again for your your favorite A to Z podcast. I would hope so. I mean, are there a lot of other A to Z podcasts? There are now, yeah. There actually is another A to Z podcast. It's like A to Z Sports or something like that. Really? Yeah, I had no idea that it existed, and I heard about it on another podcast I was listening to a couple weeks ago, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> wow, they're already crowding in on us. Yeah, I think they've been around for about like eight years. Well, this is our eighth episode, so oh, that's a good point. coincidence. Yeah, and it takes us about once a year to get a fucking episode together. So it, it makes seems sense. like it sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going, man? Doing good, buddy. How are you? Doing all right. Been a day, man. It has. We had a pretty good weekend, though. Had a good week of football. Mm-hmm. The Patriots have finally righted their ship. Tom mm-hmm. Brady's back to being the big dick swinging fucking badass that he is. You actually won a fantasy football game? I got my first fantasy win. Oh, man, that felt good, too. Yeah. I just barely squeaked by. <laughs> Did you see the point totals? Yeah. I was up at like point seven of a point. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever it takes. Yeah. Well, I, I uh, was playing our buddy Victor, and I was shit-talking during it. Because I was like, I thought he was on auto-draft the whole time whenever we did our draft. Yeah, he wasn't? Time. He says he wasn't. Oh, yeah, I, I was under that impression for sure. Because like at one point, he had like a 75% chance to win or something like that. Because he had, um, what's his name? Uh, not Goff, but the other quarterback that played Thursday uh, Oh, uh, for the Vikings. Yeah. What's his name? Cousins. Yeah, Cousins, who put up 30-something points in fantasy that week. Yeah. And um, so he had like a 75% chance to win or something like that. And so I like messaged him halfway through Sunday because I was a little drunk at that point. And I was like, you fucking auto-drafted ass is still going to beat me, but you ain't shit. Fuck you. Like, just kind of fucking with him. Yeah. And uh, he sent back, he's like, no, he's like, I actually drafted, man. I tried. I'm like, oh, well, now maybe I just really suck at football. <laughs> maybe I'm just <laughs> terrible at fantasy football. Yeah, because he was drafting right above you, right? Because mm-hmm. I remember you saying, like, he was getting people, like, right before you. You thought it was just because it was auto-drafting. That's what I assumed. Yeah. Because he was taking, like, the higher, yeah, the, like, level The top-ranked player at the time. Yeah. yeah. But apparently, he's, he's, he says he was drafted. That's what he told me. But yeah, the ship righted. Uh, I won my game. Sony Michelle for the New England Patriots mm-hmm. had a fucking monster of a game. Mm-hmm. Your new girlfriend. Um, How dare you? No one will ever replace Tom Brady. You better remember that. <laughs> and you know who's coming back Thursday? Thursday? You're the Thursday game this week? Yeah. Oh. Colts Patriots Thursday night. We are in a house divided at the at the Melcher household, man. Ooh. But uh, Julian Edelman finally back off his suspension for his bullshit uh, performance yeah. enhancement. It is test bullshit that, that he tried to enhance the performance yeah, with illegal drugs. No, what's really bullshit is that they won't like they have no idea what he took because it was probably just Adderall that he has a prescription for. And How dare like, he? Because technically Adderall will spike you on your shit for the NFL. But the, the NFL considers Adderall like a performance-enhancing drug. And it is. And uh, Yeah, technically. But if you have a prescription for it, I think you're allowed to take it at that point. Not on game day. <laughs> Any given Sunday, except this Sunday. Pat McAfee said it best where he was talking about, I think it was on NFL TV, they were talking about all the players coming back this week because it's, it's week four. Mm-hmm. And nobody was like, yeah, all these guys who like failed drug tests are coming back and stuff like that. They were all like, yeah, you know, we're finally getting these guys back. And it was just like such a, the media admitting how bullshit the NFL's drug test policy is. Nice. They just kind of like, yeah, all our guys are finally back and we can watch some good fucking football. Maybe they'll stop calling shitty defensive plays too. <laughs> and we can watch some goddamn football. How's that sound? It sounds kind of nice, actually. Fucking Roger Goodell. Yeah, one of my teams is finally mm-hmm. ready to start showing up because that was my strategy at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. 
I was having kind of a mediocre draft, and I was like, fuck it, I'm just going to tank my beginning of the season. I drafted all the people that were suspended and holding out and, mm-hmm. you know, everything else. So. Yeah, because they're going to be big fucking scoring players. Though. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Did you grab Le- Le'Veon Bell? I have Le'Veon Bell. I have Julian Edelman. I have Mark Ingram. Some, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, who was Alshon out for the Jeffrey, Eagles. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, Le'Veon Bell's supposed to be back uh, week eight, right? Isn't that what they said? That's what he's saying. I don't know. I don't know. He better stop. Uh, At that point, Pittsburgh might be completely out of it and just like, okay, here you go. Just handing him the ball and letting him get killed. I mean, I don't. I, mean, I know we jumped right into sports talk, which is odd for us, but I want to. It kind of is. Dude, we also didn't inter- introduce who we are. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Do you want to do that really we quick? We said we were the A to Z podcast. That is true. Yeah. We did say we're the A to Z podcast. And if, if this is your first episode, mm-hmm. uh, I apologize. I am failed comedian Zach Melcher. Wow. Sitting across from me is the man, the myth, the legend, the one who keeps his podcast going, America's sweetheart, Andrew Varble. Yeah, you went out of order, too. I feel all weird and tingly. Yeah, I put myself first. Does that really surprise you that much? Yeah, it does. Really? Yeah, it's the A to Z show. Yeah, but yeah. who's got the bigger ego at this table? The Z does. Yeah, the Z does. So yeah. the Z comes first when the Z is doing the introductions, mm-hmm. and I will now might start referring to myself as the Z instead. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Before we can officially have the Z, I think we need to hear uh, Pedophile Batman's take on that. <laughs> on the Z? Mm-hmm. I think the Z's got a giant ego, but creamy hamstrings. I like that he shaved his beard. Makes him look younger. So young. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Pedophile Batman. Yeah, that's official now. You're the Z. Are these cookies for me? <laughs> Just for you, yes. Oh. Anyway, what was I talking about? I Sports. Anyway, yeah. Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. First off, um, needs to stop rapping because he's fucking terrible at that. Didn't know he was. Great football player. Terrible rapper. Okay. Needs to stop that immediately. That being said, um, everything else he's doing where people are like giving him shit for not showing up for the season and stuff like that, mm-hmm. he's 100% in the right for what he's doing. I can't blame him at all. The Steelers wanted to put a franchise tag on him, keep him for one year, use him as a workhorse rent-a-player, run him into the ground and get him broke in half, mm-hmm. and then fucking just ditch him at that point and not pay him his money. Right. That guy's one of the best running backs playing right now. I mean, that's how it's always worked. So. Yeah, but these guys got to look out for themselves because the fucking NFLPA ain't, ain't doing it. So it's like, you know, and playing running back, that's one of the most dangerous positions to play in the NFL. Like yeah. you, You've only got seven good years in you, if you're lucky, mm-hmm. and yeah. really insanely They rarely good. make it past 30. Yeah. So it's like, make your fucking money while you can, man. Why would you not? Like, I can't, I can't hate on the guy for doing that at all. That makes 100% sense to me. You can. You're American. That's your God-given right to hate on things. Yeah, but it's also your God-given right to make your fucking money, son. I'm not going to hate on you for flaunting your freedom in front of people's faces. You should. No, I will never hate on freedom. Ever. Not now. Not ever. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all I'm saying is... They Give hate... peace a chance. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> Fucking punch each other in the faces. That's what's important. Hmm. Every now and then, get in a fight. It's fine. Uh, but yeah, we should man. soon. Me and you? Yeah. Like, fight each other or go yeah. fight two random dudes at a bar? No, like, fight each other first. We gotta see what we're made of oh, before we can God, pick man. our own opponents. I feel like you would just destroy me. Uh-huh. You're scrappy. I am scrappy, and I've got, like, more fight experience on oh, you. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. you also have about a foot on me and a good 75 pounds. Yeah. 
And I think that just, makes it fair. And there's just that, something that balances about those, it out. There's there's something about those dead shark eyes of yours that I just feel like you might just kill me. I don't think the fight would end. Oh, America's sweetheart, Zach. I wouldn't <laughs> hurt a fly. Yeah, exactly. I feel like you'd be like uh, Lemmy from of Mice and Men. <laughs> Look at the flowers. Hug. <laughs> yeah, you'd hug me too hard and snap me. <laughs> oh, that's fun to think about. But yeah, man, we had a great great week for sports. Great week for uh, football. We got the day after that we're recording this. The hockey's coming back, man. Like, yeah. This is this is my time of year right here, buddy. I'm excited for this. And God's rewarding you by making it 90 fucking degrees out again. Yeah, that really pissed me off. I'm. I didn't. This is not October. I didn't know I was able to be mad at the weather, but I am. Like I woke up today pissed off because I saw what the weather was, and I was like, "This is fucking bullshit." It really is, especially because last weekend was gorgeous, yes. man. Like it was the perfect temperature all weekend, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden it's gonna be fucking. You know what? This weather can suck my sweaty balls. I'll be honest with you. You can take that to the fucking bank and tell whatever weatherman you want, and they can suck a ball. Both of them. Mm-hmm. At separate times before my shower. Ooh. Yeah, go fuck yourself. I hate this fucking weather. I'm yeah. hoping it drops off again soon. I don't know if it is. I haven't looked. I think maybe like by next weekend. It's going to be a while. God damn it, dude. This better be the last one. I swear to God. I will blow up the sun in some way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we got hockey coming back. You know, the Patriots righted their ship and fucking destroyed the Miami Dolphins after everybody was talking about how the dynasty was over. Mm-hmm. Which is they were 3-0. and They were leading oh, the division. Oh, yeah, man. They were unstoppable. They yeah. were the fucking best. They were the best team ever. I've never seen a team be that good in the first three fucking weeks of the season. And then Tom Brady showed up and was like, nah, that's enough of that shit. We've, we've seen all your film tape. You only have 12 plays. Check this shit out. So it's just, this is, as a Patriots fan, it, it irritates me because this is every year where, um, I mean, the last six years, the Patriots have started like two and two in the first four weeks. Yeah. Pretty much every year. They always start out slow because they're a game plan team. They don't have a game plan until they've watched tape of other teams and see what they're doing. Yeah. And then they build their game plan around that. That's how they've always played. You threw everybody off the scent when you went 16 and 0. Now they're expecting that every time. Yeah, that was like 10 years ago, though, man. Although that was a sweet year, except for that Super Bowl. That was a lot of fun for me. Until the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. where I think I put a hole in my closet door, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> is it David Tyree, or whatever the fuck his name was? Whoever it was with the bubble gum on his helmet that made that bullshit catch that pissed me off to no fucking end, to ruin the perfect season. And now I gotta listen to Dolphins fans forever and be like, oh, fucking we had the perfect season. I'm like, yeah, that was in the 80s, and that was the only time you won a Super Bowl ever. Talk to me when you're when you're in the playoffs again. Maybe I'll give a fuck what your opinion is. Technically, it was 79, so... Yeah, so not even the 80s. So they can go fuck themselves hard. Fucking bullshit. Go Pats. Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. 1B is Aaron Rodgers. What about Mahomes? He's the second coming. He might be the next one. (laughs) Motherfucker, dude. Are you kidding me? That kid's serious. Like... He's got some moves. That's he's for sure. got a lot of shit on him. He's like the new prototypical quarterback. Like he's what people are gonna look for. Where he's 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 got that big body. What is mm-hmm. he like six one, six two, something like that? He's yeah. fairly decent sized kid. He's pretty ripped. Like he's he's got some muscle on him. Got a fucking cannon for an arm. That, yeah. that dude will just like nonchalantly throw eighty yard bombs, and yeah. it means nothing to him. Mm-mm. But and he uh, he's not even stepping back. That's just flat footed. No, yeah, he's just flat footed with his arm, eighty fucking yards. <laughs> He's got that, and then he's uh, 
surprisingly, he's got a really good mind for the game, too. He's, like, fairly uh, cerebral as a quarterback. I don't know if you've watched any of his games at all. Not really much, no. There's been a couple of plays where, like, he's had dudes wide open in, in the end zone, and people are like, yeah, that was a great route. But then you watch the play, and you can see him look the safety off by going through his other reads to get the safety to the other end, where it's like, that's some Tom Brady shit right there, looking the safeties off and stuff like that. Yeah, that's next level. That's cerebral. That's some real fucking smarts there. And so, like, he's, he's, he's got that. He's got that elusiveness that Aaron Rodgers has where, like, instead of just trying to run it like Michael Vick used to do, like, he'll just get away from you, go through his reads, and then he'll drop it 40 fucking yards because your defense is already falling apart. Like, that kid can play some fucking football is all I'm saying. He's he's pretty serious. Like, mm-hmm. that's what people are going to start looking for. Like, that's that's enough of this uh, dual-threat quarterbacks. I think this is the death of the, the dual-threat quarterback. People want elusive but they want you to throw first. They don't want any more running quarterbacks. And the league's definitely a quarterback-receiver league now. I mean... Oh, yeah. No, 100%. All the rules have shifted that way. Definitely ain't a defense league, that's for fucking sure. Well, They're not yeah. even allowed to play defense anymore, man. Clay Matthews hugged a guy and got fucking 15 yards. They were handing out 15-yard penalties like candy yeah. two weeks ago. Hell, they were doing it last week. It's bullshit. It's not as fun, that's for sure. It just takes away, like, when you can't be physical in, in football, which is a physical sport, it, mm-hmm. it takes away some of the fun, man. Like, that's that's part of the reason why we watch football. Right. Like, yeah, it's fun to watch offenses go big and when we see the fun highlights, but are you telling me you don't have fun watching the giant de- defensive hits and shit like that? Like, when we used to watch receivers get lit up coming across the middle, like, when it was your team doing it, you didn't feel a little bit of a dick wiggle whenever that shit would happen because you get fucking jacked up. Absolutely. That's one of the main reasons I became a Panthers fan. Yeah? They've been huge on their defense for a long time. That yeah. is true. You guys have always had a pretty tight defense. I mean, not tight enough in 2004, but still fairly mm-hmm. tight. Yeah, it's kept you out of the end zone, at least. So. Yeah. Who won the game? Yeah, fucking Venetari. Yeah, Venetari won that game because he's the greatest kicker of all time. Mm-hmm. You can't even deny that. That is 100% true. I, th- I think he's tied for the record right now. He's he broke way. it Sunday, yeah. He, oh, yeah, he broke for the kicks, and then pretty soon he's going to be the all-time scoring oh, guy. points, yeah. Which is awesome. How fucking cool is that? The guy's the man. And he's still, like, he's, you know, 85 years old, still kicking, six, like, 70-yard field goals. That guy does not quit. He's the fucking man. He's not even on my team anymore, and I still root for him. Because he got me, like, three Super Bowls. <laughs> well, two. He did. He definitely got me too. Because he got me two. Two thousand and one was him. Yeah. Hell, he got us to the Super Bowl that year because that was the snow game Oakland. where, like, yeah, yeah, where they're kicking the fucking snow away to where they could just get like a flat space for him to kick from. And then he kicked it. You know, I don't know, forty five, fifty yards in dead of winter with snow everywhere. Drilled that motherfucker through the uprights like a sniper. It was gorgeous. It's Tom Brady's rookie year. What's, or, the, no. what's the stuff you talk it's Tom about? Brady's snow. Second year. I don't know. I don't know what that is. It's snow? I would love to see some of that soon. Yeah, that would be beautiful. Very foreign concept right now. <laughs> it has been for the last eight months. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, man. We got hockey starting up soon. Football's still going, which is always fucking great. Yeah. Baseball is officially dead because the Cardinals are out of it, so I no longer care. Cubs are too, though. Yeah, I don't care about them. Like, I was almost happy that the Cubs won. It was like, yeah, I mean... Blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. Congrats. It's kind of like the Philly fans. They were all happy and shit when they won the Super Bowl, and they booed uh, Carson Wentz like the second game at home. <laughs> <laughs> They'll just always be trash. It means nothing. The Cubs World Series win, just it just meant nothing. It was like, yeah, congrats. We're all happy for you. Mm. 
Maybe don't take a hundred and fucking ten years next time. If it takes you over a century to win a championship, hooray! Yeah, good, good, good for you. You're a, you're the fucking Cleveland Browns of the MLB, but without the fun. They have been pretty fun this year. Oh, the Cubs? No, the Browns. The Browns? Oh, fuck yeah, man! With the Dag Pound. They're actually exciting to watch. I I didn't really think that was going to be the case, but yeah, I I watched the uh, the Hard Knocks this year that was on like uh, Amazon Prime or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was the Cleveland Browns training camp. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. They're fucking, they're crazy over there in Cleveland, Ohio, man. They're like, the river catches on fire, and they're drinking four-year-old Bud Lights. They're insane. It's awesome. Putting dudes through tables. They're, they're having a lot of fun, and I respect that a lot. Can we get into the topics? Already? I mean, we can, unless you got something else to talk I about. I mean, I don't know. We're just gonna... Oh, I'm sure I'll find another tangent to go off on. It's not gonna matter. Oh, yeah, I, I can definitely guarantee that. Yeah, well, we've kind of learned that the topics don't actually mean anything to me because I'll find I'll, I'll just talk about whatever I want to talk about anyway. Mm-hmm. I'll just find a way to like work it in there. It doesn't matter. Well, I got to fit in our weekly uh, DC update. Ooh, what do we got? So this week it's more actually comic based, so we don't have to go through the entire article here because there are a lot of spoilers for some comic issues. I know you do read comics still, so yes. I don't want to spoil anything for you. But at least the first paragraph here, we can get into kind of what DC's doing right now, and it's. Not exactly giving people a lot of incentive to keep reading things. So the title of the article is, Did the DC Universe Just Lose All Hope? If there's been any takeaway from the last several weeks worth of DC Comics releases, it's that it's not the greatest time to be a hero in the DC Universe. Nightwing was just grievously wounded in Batman number 55. Mm. Doomsday Clock number 7, which is a continuation of uh, Watchmen. I don't know if you even know about that series yet. Yeah, I had heard about it. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. It revealed that Dr. Manhattan caused the premature death of a famed Golden Age superhero. Ooh. And most disturbingly of all, no fewer than six heroes were killed in an act of superhuman mass murder in Heroes in Crisis Number 1. Jesus. At some point, you have to question whether the DCU is becoming too dark for its own good. Holy shit, man. I know. Six? Six. I mean, DC... DC has always kind of had this problem because they will kill off heroes like it's just nothing to them. They give no fucks. Mm-hmm. Like it took Marvel forty years to even think about Peter Parker dying, and then like DC in ten years was like, yeah, let's just fucking kill Superman. I don't care, whatever. We'll think of something. Fuck it. But yeah, man, that's that's fucked up. Like, yeah. what, I mean, is it? Are they going for what? What makes me nervous is are they just trying to do like a complete revamp on every DC like series is that what they're just going for That's or what I'm wondering too especially like... with that one that kills six heroes being called Heroes in Crisis Right that really harkens back to Crisis on Infinite Earths you know the last yeah. time we had Crisis in a big title Exactly so. Or like the uh like the new 52 where it was like we're going to get get rid of all of the uh alternate universes at this point basically Yeah collapse them all up. down Yeah to where like it feels like DC's done this seven or eight times now where they just want to restart every one of their series, and it's just, it's so irritating. Yeah. Like, it, it feels like they don't trust their writers. You know what I mean? Where it's like, it used to be, because, like, some of my favorite comic book stories, like uh, The Return of Bruce Wayne, that one uh, Batman tr- uh, trade hardback that I have, mm-hmm. 
super convoluted, makes no sense. It takes place during the Rock of Ages storyline where everyone assumed Bruce Wayne is dead and Dick Grayson has taken over the mantle of uh, the Batman while Damian Wayne is now Robin and stuff like that, which is actually made for a fun little like duo because now you had like the lighthearted one was Batman and Robin was dark. So <laughs> that was kind of fun. But it's like, it's super convoluted. It makes no sense because of like all these like different storylines that were going on at the time. But it made for really good writing. And I feel like DC is doing this kind of shit because maybe they don't have a any kind of trust in their writers. Where it's like, we've written a lot of like weird storylines. we tried some different things. I don't think there's any way we can tie this all together. We'll just kill everybody off again. But it's like, you just did a mass kill-off six years ago, man. Yeah. Like, there's no need to do this again. G- give it a decade. Let us try a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, that just... I think losing all hope is a good way to put it because it seems like they have no hope in their uh, writers at all. Like they just don't think they can handle it is what it seems like. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not fully up to date on a lot of shit. I will admit that. I'm very exactly. far behind. Yeah, that's why I didn't want to go too far into the article to see actually who was killed or any of that stuff. I don't want to spoil anything for you. But. Yeah. I mean, I'm very far behind. I can't guarantee this is what it is, but that's what it feels like to me mm-hmm. because we just had a giant crisis six years ago in, in the comic book canon. So it just seems like they don't want to try to um, tie everything together or come up with their own stories to make it fit in the storylines. Like, we'll just start from scratch again. Yeah, and it really seems like they're making the same mistakes that the movies have made. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you know, we make fun of it all the time. They're trying to go too dark, too gritty. It's like, you don't need that all the time. Yeah, I mean, you can have fun. In the end, these are fun stories. <laughs> like, Yeah, can, it's supposed to be an escape. Yeah, know? it's an it's an entertainment thing. Not everyone has to die at all times. Exactly. It's almost turned into like a... Like, daytime soap operas is almost what it feels like. You know what I mean? Where, like, someone gets am- amnesia and somebody else's evil twin comes back. Mm-hmm. and then, Possessed uh, by the devil. Yeah, and then somebody yeah. gets possessed by the devil and then they murder somebody. But then they come back. So, I, I just... It really makes me nervous because it feels like DC, like, the management there, the, the higher-ups, they either don't care or they're so far out on a limb they have no idea what they're going to do. It's like, it's, it's got to be one of the two. Maybe both. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, maybe this is um, because uh, it's so daunting to get into comics. Maybe that's part of it is why they want to keep trying to re uh, reset everything. Because, I mean, it's it's daunting when you first get into comics. Because you look at, like, oh, there's 40 years of backstory that you're oh, behind. Absolutely, so, like, yeah. But, see, nowadays it's even easier because we have the internet. Just get on Wikipedia. Yeah. Fucking Wikipedia. Or comicsology. Yeah, like... comicsology. Whatever you want to do. Find something that, like, whatever hero you're into at the time. Mm-hmm. Read up on a little bit of their backstory, you'll catch up. You think I read every detective comic ever? No. Like, no, there's no way. I got into Batman, and then there was, like, things that were callbacks to really, like, Silver Age shit that I didn't have the chance to read because I was born 50 years afterwards. <laughs> and uh, so you just look it up on the internet, and you read that, and you go, oh, that's cool. And you just store that in your brain, and then you let that just add to the stories that you're reading. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, man. That just, it's... That's what it kind of feels like to me, because I'm sure this is a this is a money move. It has to be. This is a business in the end. It has to be a, a money move. So it's like, are they too nervous that there's too much backstory right now with everything? Because, I mean, the new 52 made shit pretty convoluted. Whenever they did the new 52, like, crush or whatever you want to call it, where the singularity folded in on itself and the black hole closed mm-hmm, or whatever the, the fuck. Yeah, however you want to describe it. Like, that made shit really confusing, because there was a lot of different storylines going on at the time, and they were just all like, no, those are no longer canon. And they made, like, 
six series canon. That was it. And like everything else was all just like random shit. Mm. But everything else was the entertaining shit that was fun to read. And this like six was just cookie cutter bullshit comic books. Right. So, I mean, maybe is that what it is? Are they worried they've put too much like convoluted bullshit in it and they want to just try to press the restart button again? Are they the kid on, you know, playing Super Mario Universe on the Super Nintendo where you miss the one coin so you hit the reset and just start going over again? I don't know. It just makes me nervous, man. I'm, I might just have to start continuing what I've been doing, which is just I know what writers I like, and I'm just going to read whatever they put out. And just, just jump from <laughs> series to series like they do. Exactly. Just be like, I know who writes well. I know who's writing I enjoy. I'm just going to stick with that. Like, I'll just follow wherever Grant Morrison goes. If he stops writing Batman, I'll just read whatever he's writing at that time. If it's if it's Starfire, it's Starfire. If it's fucking, you know, the Green Arrow, which would be awesome, by the way. Grant Morrison would do a great Green Arrow. If, if, if it's that, then it's that. I might just have to start following my writers. But the thing is, I have that ability because I already have the knowledge of who the writers are. If, if you're 15 and you're just now getting into comics and you're seeing this... What are you supposed to do, man? Like, what's the plan? How, how is this bringing in new fans? Yeah. yeah, they're basically telling you, don't worry about the past. But, like, you should worry about the past. You want to worry about what the characters' thoughts are, like, their uh, inspirations, their like their drive, why are they doing what they're doing? You should kind of want to know why they're doing that. I mean, that's a bit of an importance to a superhero. I don't know, man. It's making me nervous. I might have just switched to Marvel. Maybe I'll just start reading Spider-Man comics. <laughs> just Spider-Man and Ghost Rider from now on. Yeah. It's apparently been pretty fun lately. Oh, really? Spider-Man yeah. mm-hmm. Nice. I haven't read anything by uh, Marvel. Yeah, I haven't in a while, but I've uh, been seeing a lot of good reviews. Still they, Peter Parker? Are they still running the Miles Morales they story? They just brought Parker back, I think, in a big event. And oh, really? Yeah, they got some kind of like Spider-Verse thing where it's Ooh. like a bunch of different Spider-Men like, working together. to. Hell yeah. yeah. That means Miguel O'Hara is there. That's what's up. Spider-Man 2099, baby. Ooh, maybe the... Uh, Marvel 1602 is in there, too. That'd Peter, be sweet. Yeah. Peter Parquet, or whatever the hell you would say. It. He was, like, French. <laughs> like, he was a French spy or whatever. Yeah. That was a really good, like, alternate universe run. Mm-hmm. Speaking you... of writers, you like, yeah, I mean, Neil Gaiman. Like, whatever. Yeah. He, if no, he does yeah. anything, you just you jump on oh, immediately. I would read Neil Gaiman's cookbook. Mm-hmm. Anything that he writes, I will fucking read. Yeah. He, he can write the instructions for, a, like, a Ikea furniture, and I would read it. I don't care. He probably has, actually. Probably. Yeah. That guy will write anything. He's yeah. a slut. He doesn't mm-hmm. care. Like, whatever you want to hear, he will write. And he'll figure out a way to make it fucking awesome, too. Neil Gaiman is the man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did, did you ever read that, the Marvel 1602? Yeah. Yeah, I read a couple of them. I didn't go through all of the different, you know, variations of it, but oh, a you? lot of the ones with, like, just the teams themselves. Mm. And then, like, each team got their own, like, specific focus also. But I just read, like, the main through line. So. I, I loved what they did with the uh, Fantastic Four, where they're all locked in, like, the dungeon of the uh, Spanish in- Inquisition, mm-hmm. which is being run by Magneto, by the way, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, that was great. Did you ever get to the giant twist of what Marvel 1602 was? No, I never figured out why they were there. Do, do you want to hear it? Or yeah, let's go for it. Okay. Yeah, no. Do you remember the giant Native American who was the one, like, little girl's uh, guide that she was in the colonies? Mm-hmm. It was, like, blonde for some reason. That was Steve Rogers. That was Captain America. No shit. Yeah. In the future, because he lived longer than everybody else because of the superhero. Super yeah. yeah. In the future, they got, like, against all superheroes. Like, this fascist government took over. Okay. And wanted to get rid of all superheroes, all mutants. So they threw him, in, like, in a time machine and sent him to the past to 1602. 
And because Captain America is the first Avenger, right. him going back in time and getting dropped off in 1602 triggered all the events that created all the superheroes. So that's why you had like, oh man, everybody else was because he was there. And once he's here, he's like the that's starting fun. block for all of the, like the mutants and all the different like uh, uh, Avengers. They all come because Captain America is the first Avenger. So it was like this alternate universe, like time split. He's because, just the trigger for yeah, it because he's there. He's the trigger for the superheroes. So yeah, it was really fucking like it was awesome. That's a cool way to explain it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I loved it too because I remember watching like reading it and in the first novel because is it like Silver Sable is the little girl I think who has the Indian uh, guide and his 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 name's like Chakatana or something like it's something weird like I've never heard it spoken I've just seen it written out but I remember like in the first novel or in the first series reading I'm like. Why is this Native American blonde and blue eye? This makes zero fucking sense. <laughs> it's like, what's up with that? This seems like I was almost offended. I'm like, this is almost racist. I don't think there was many blonde Native yeah. Americans. Who edited this? Yeah. And then I was like, oh well, maybe he'll like halfway through it. I started thinking maybe he was gonna be Thor. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I mean, yeah. Thor's blonde, so that would make kind of sense. Mm-hmm. And then like, and a god, so I mean, yeah. he'd obviously travel back. Yeah, so he'd be able to travel through time. And then like they never alluded to that, so I'm like, well, he's not Thor. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like eventually, like he gets his old memories back. Captain America does and realizes what happens. So yeah, like because he's the starter point for all the superheroes. By sending him back in time, we get the 1602 uh, Avengers. Wow. So yeah, that was a really great twist. Which is fucking Neil Gaiman. What do you expect? The guy's a genius. But yeah, I thought that was one of the best fucking twists I've ever read in, in comics before. That is brilliant. All right, well, we made you a little too happy there. we got to bring it back down. <laughs> yeah, start talking let's, about Marvel shit that I like. Let's transition to this uh, Venom movie that's coming out this I Friday. I've hit this table like eight times, by the way. Yeah, you know I have. I hear the I'm springs sorry, reverberating each time. <laughs> they don't usually pop up on the podcast too much, though. Yeah, I, I've found some tricks to edit okay. them in. Okay, yeah. good. Mm-hmm. That's what I figured. Yeah. All right, sorry. Go that's ahead. That's all right. They were doing some press. They did the big world premiere of Venom on Monday. Oof. And uh, they were interviewing Tom Hardy beforehand. This is a real fun article here. So this is another one from IGN. Venom, starring Tom Hardy, is set to be released this Friday, October 5th, but will arrive without, quote, 30 to 40 minutes of Venom scenes that may be Hardy's favorites. Oh, motherfucker. In an interview with Comics Explained, Tom Hardy was asked, quote, what was your favorite scene to film? And Hardy, Venom himself, replied, there are scenes that aren't in this movie. There are like 30 to 40 minutes worth of scenes that aren't in this movie. All of them. Mad puppeteering scenes, dark comedy scenes, you know what I mean? They just never made it in. What the fuck? That's two of my favorite things. Dark comedy and mad puppeteering? That's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. I know. Oh. With Tom Hardy doing a Venom character? Like, that's just, oh, that sounds no. great. I already know what this is. Venom is going to be this generation's Daredevil. Very well Where the director's cut was better, yeah. but the studio cut out all the shit that was good for the series? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. So, while it's unclear if we ever see this cut footage in a director's cut or in some form of deleted scenes, we do know Venom will have a running time of 1 hour 52 minutes and will be rated PG-13. Fucking mistake right there. Yep. So, yeah, Hardy's already signed on for three more Venom films. Oof. So, this was... Yeah, this was yesterday. So then, after the actual premiere... Mm. They interview him on the red carpet, and there's another article. Oh, God damn it! Tom Hardy clarifies cut footage comments that they've been misunderstood. Tom Hardy's clarified that his recent comments about the footage cut from Venom, telling IGN that everything he wants in the movie is in there, quote, and more. Wow. In an interview with Comics Explained recently, the Venom star and executive producer said that Hardy said that Venom may arrive without 30 to 40 minutes of his potentially his favorite scenes. 
Hmm. Speaking to IGN at the Hollywood Red Carpet premiere, Hardy said his quote had been, quote, misunderstood. What he meant, he explained, is that some of the extraneous fun stuff that he enjoyed as an actor was cut, but ultimately everything he wanted is in the movie. Okay, what PR company got okay, to him? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I don't want to... I don't want to talk badly on Tom Hardy. He's my boyfriend, after all. I think he's one of the most talented actors out there and incredibly handsome. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. Complete fucking lies, and me and you both know it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's all this, this reeks of it. Like, somebody got to him and was like, you fucking walk that back right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you go back there and tell him that, like, no, you were just having too much fun. You fucking tell him that right now. Yeah, so here's the full quote. Quoted from him. That's been un misunderstood. What I'm trying to say is, the question was what scenes I was most excited to shoot, and I was like, there's a bunch of stuff that hasn't made the movie, and I'm talking from an actor's point of view. So what I'm saying is, I had a lot of time improvising and a lot of freedom to play with Venom. So in honesty, there's probably about seven hours or more worth of footage of me playing as Venom and enjoying myself. And when I was doing the, it, I took him right out there and played with it and had a lot of fun because there's a lot of fun you can have with the project and with this character. Yeah. And me and the other executive producers know full well that has nothing to do with what's in that story. Well, then you're fucking up. Nevertheless, would I like to watch a seven-hour version of Venom? Yes. Yes. Oh. <laughs> but that's as an actor. And the truth of it is everything we wanted is in the story. Everything that I want is in the story and more. And the film is awesome. And I'm excited and I just want to shoot a sequel. Bottom line, don't get it twisted. As an actor, what we love doing, not everything's going to make it. I don't want anyone to think in any way, shape, or form that's not a studio party line. That's the genu genuine truth. This movie is awesome. Everything we want is in it. Everything I want is in it, and more. I, I feel like he was blinking SOS the entire time he was given uh -huh. this quote. <laughs> like, yeah. if you read every third uh, line in that quote, it's just like, please help me. They yeah. have my daughter. <laughs> we have to somehow get the get Venom away from them. What do we do? Yeah. This should have gone to Netflix and been a fucking eight-episode, one-hour-long each series instead, and should have been rated fucking R. Mm -hmm. You kidding me? A PG-13 Venom movie? What are you doing, man? Sadly, I'll probably still see this, but it's, oh, yeah, no, it's not going to be... Oh, I'm 100% going to watch it. I'm just yeah. not even close to excited for it. Oh, no. It's just like Early a... reviews have been horrible for it. That doesn't surprise me in any way. They're saying it's basically as bad as Catwoman with Halle Berry. Oof. Damn. Which, yeah. I thought it was just going to be Daredevil yeah. level. It's uh, apparently even worse yeah, than that. Yeah, it's worse than your fears there. Well, like it, it sounds like it got the Daredevil treatment. Because have you ever seen the uh, Daredevil I still haven't. Cut? I've heard about it. It's incredibly good. I think good. maybe even from you before at a yeah. party or something. Well, know. Kevin Smith talks about it. Okay, even. that's maybe right. Yeah, because like, he says the director's cut, which is like 40 minutes longer, which, odd ah, that we picked the same amount of time there. The director's cut is supposed to be like amazing. They do a lot of fun stuff and like actually get into the character, which in the end is what makes superhero movies good. Because like anybody can do a big fight scene, you need to get into the character. Right. Because that's why we like superheroes. Like, yeah. You don't read a comic book just for the fight scenes because they don't move. Yeah. You read a comic book for the characters. <laughs> so yeah, it's it seems like it's getting the Daredevil treatment where the director went out there, wrote a good movie, tried to do a good movie. Even had good actors to work with. There's a lot of good actors in the first Daredevil movie. I mean, Colin Farrell, Ben Affleck, uh, Jennifer Gardner. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the guy? Michael oh, Clark Duncan. Yeah, Michael Clark Duncan. There's, that's that's some fucking talent. Those people think think what you want of them, but they can act for that's sure. True. And um, you know, and this this thing here. Granted, the only person I know who's in the Venom movie is Tom Hardy. Yeah. Because that's all I needed to hear. You know, you get a guy, and Tom Hardy was a good choice. 
for Eddie Brock, I feel like, especially if you're going to do just a Venom standalone film where you can do kind of the walking the line kind of thing that they eventually did with Venom, where he was the, uh, what was his tagline for the solo run comics he had for a little bit? It was like the the lethal protect- protector. Yeah, the lethal protector, right? Yeah, where it was like he wasn't afraid to kill anybody and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, you could do, a, like, a lot of fun with that, and Tom Hardy would, I mean, he would essentially be playing the same character he played in Mad Max, basically, to play Eddie Brock. In all honesty, that's exactly what you should play with that, and then just have, like, an inner monologue. But right, have it a little more somebody, insane. But yeah. have it be somebody else's voice for the inner monologue. Yeah. You, you can't use his voice for the Venom voice, because the whole point is supposed to be there's another voice in his head. It's a symbiote. There's two people inhabiting one body. Mm-hmm. But, like, they had that, they had everything set up, and then... I guarantee you the budget of this movie got cut by about $8 million when they did not expect that. And they had to do it PG-13 for some reason, which I guarantee you the people who wrote this wanted this to be an R-rated film. Because I don't know how you do a PG-13 standalone Venom movie. You can do a PG-13 Venom story Mm -hmm. if it's in the eyes of Spider-Man. Yeah. If it's just Venom, it needs to be rated R. And we know that rated R superhero movies work. We all saw Logan. That was a fucking masterpiece of a film. Excellent. I finally watched that, by the way. I don't remember if I told you that or not. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned it. Yeah, fucking great film. Oh, yeah. We've all seen Deadpool. That was a great fucking movie. We've all learned that being R-rated can still work. You can still... In fact, it's better. You can tell a better story when you're rated R. You can. But I think this is going to transition well to our next article. Oh, boy. How about you read through some of this? Oh, shit. Oh, hang on. There it is. Okay. Okay, the title is, is Deadpool 2. The PG-13 version will borrow from the princess, right? They're doing a PG-13 version of Deadpool 2. Uh-huh. This December's family-friendly fr- version of Deadpool 2 will borrow its narrative style and Fred and Fred Savage <laughs> yes! from the princess. Oh, they're going to do the reading the story thing? That is fucking fantastic. A few days ago, Deadline reported that Fox is releasing a PG-13 family-friendly version of Deadpool 2 on December 21st, 2018. Right in time for Christmas. (laughs) Both Deadpool films leaned hard into their R ratings, so many were left wondering how this new film would manage to keep that same Deadpool spirit whilst toning down the violence and vulgarity to PG-13. According to a tweet by Ryan Reynolds, which I assume is how he talks to everybody now, Mm -hmm. the answer is Fred Savage. (laughs) Yes, it appears Fred Savage is reprising his role from The Princess Bride and might actually have the story of Deadpool 2 recounted to him by the mercenary himself. Holy shit, I have never... I know. Who would have even thought of this? That is the greatest idea I've ever heard in my life. Deadpool would absolutely 1,000% do this. Oh my god, that's so good. And then at the end, you, you do the post credit sequence, and he goes in the bathroom, and the grandpa is hanging there dead because Deadpool killed him. And then that, <laughs> that's what you spend your one F word on in the PG-13 movie. Mm. Alright, here we go. In The Princess Bride, the story... Okay, well, we all know yeah. the story of The Princess Bride. Um, maybe, maybe there's dub-out swearing for safer silly phrases. Maybe Deadpool will get the crayons back out and start drawing fight scenes. That was a pretty fun little bit. Mm-hmm. Instead of letting them play out in all the glory, gory. Uh, details are scarce, but the release date December 21st, we'll soon find out. Oh, wow. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. So I accept your apology, walking it back that R-rated movie is how it's supposed to be, because this sounds great. Yeah, but it was originally an R-rated movie, so what does that tell you? It was a better <laughs> story to begin with. That is fucking, what a great idea that is, though. I we are going so to much. this. I don't oh, care. I will kidnap you. I'm going to have to make sure to watch Deadpool 2 before that. Yeah. I tried to watch it uh, a couple weeks ago. I rented it. Mm-hmm. And then we ended up going out instead. Okay. So, like, I never got a chance to finish it. Yeah. So. That's going to be cool. 
Oh, man, I'm so excited for that. That's going to be awesome, man, because I love the Deadpool movies so much. And Reynolds is just perfect casting for that. What I really love about that, again, it's going back to what we talked about last week, where there's nothing better than when a person gets to play a role of a character that they actually like. Like, Reynolds is clearly a fan of the Deadpool character. He's reading the Deadpool comics. He has to be. To do, like, what he's doing with it. And there's nothing better than seeing an actor play a character that they actually have a fondness for and, like, care about. Because then you get to see what actual acting works like. As opposed to just, let's collect this fucking paycheck and move the fuck on. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's just, a, it, it's a better way to do it, 100%. I'm excited for that, though. I mean, that is hilarious to have Fred I Savage. I was, I was, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if Fred Savage was still alive. <laughs> <laughs> he does a lot of directing now. He directs a lot of uh, sitcoms. Really? Time. Yeah. No kidding. Mm-hmm. I think he's done, like, five or six uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia episodes. Really? Yeah, he's directed them. How did I not fucking know that? I'm a mm-hmm. huge Always Sunny fan. I suck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's been behind the camera for like five or six. And no kidding. There was a show where he was like a lawyer. His brother was also a lawyer played by, or no, no he wasn't. He was an actor played by Rob Lowe, who got nice. a TV show where he was a lawyer and became really famous hmm. for playing this lawyer on TV. And then the show ends or gets canceled or something. He moves back home. And then everybody knows him as this great lawyer from TV, so he joins up with his brother and tries to get on at the law firm. And his, you know, Fred Savage is like, "No, you're not a fucking lawyer." You're not in the bar. <laughs> yeah, <basically. laughs> yeah. Like, quit it. Quit trying to do all this stuff. Like, you're not really a real lawyer. And he's like, "Well, I would use the defense like I used in episode three of season four. <laughs> That's kind of yeah. fun. Yeah, it was a fun little show. I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, that just sounds like a fun way for Rob Lowe just to be charming and handsome, like yeah. he always is. Exactly. Fuck it. Have you seen Rob Lo- Rob Lowe lately? I mean, that was the last thing I saw. I mean, that's been two or three years. So. Somewhere there is an oil painting of Rob Lowe that mm-hmm. is just aging and looking terrible and getting syphilis. Because that man does not age. No. Like, I'm, I'm not, not even going to say. Yeah, no. I'm not even going to say he's aged well. He just literally has not aged. Right. He's gorgeous. He was great in uh, Parks and Rec. Did you ever watch Parks and Rec? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that show really revitalized whenever he came in. Oh, yeah. No, that was definitely like the, the beginning of the Rob Lowe renaissance for mm-hmm. sure. All right. Well, we'll just stick in the. Uh comic universe also the movie universe here uh so you knew about the hellboy reboot that they're yeah. doing david harbour yeah they so finally released the first poster for it Ooh, it's seen uh looking pretty good so check this out it's another guy who's gorgeous by the way there david Harbour. Go. oh fucking yeah dude legendary as fuck that's awesome oh yeah. it's coming out fucking five days before my birthday nice. oh this will be my birthday gift right there here we're going uh, late run from the comics. He's got his full horns. so I like that. Mm-hmm. Also, it's the late runs then, which I have not read a lot about. Oh, really? Okay. I, I only read the earlier runs. I didn't read a lot of the late shit. Gotcha. I'm about to dig back into Hellboy, I think. Mm-hmm. And with the uh, the Sword of Flame here and then the Legendary, a lot of people are wondering if it's uh, maybe Excalibur. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. I like how they painted over his uh, chest hair in, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> in the poster, by the way. So this is a full-on reboot, right? Like, yeah, this isn't, like, a, a continuation reboot. or anything like that? Like, they're just com- going to 100% start from the beginning? Yep. Or from their from, beginning? Yeah. Whatever they're going with? Mm-hmm. Isn't he also, like, the director or something, or the writer on this? He's not uh, just an actor, He might right? be a producer or something, producer? Yeah. Uh, Neil Marshall is the director, so oh, I'm excited for that. nice. Yeah. He's, he's pretty fucking talented. Oh, yeah. Rocker. I love The Descent. That was a good movie. Oh, God, that was such a good film. Yeah. And what he did a couple of the Game of Thrones episodes that have been really good, true. too. Yeah. So. I, I wonder if they're going to lean a little bit more into, like, 
like the horror aspect of it. I feel like that would be kind of a fun way to take yeah. Hellboy. Like, still have the uh, dark comedy aspect. You're going to have to have some dark comedy if you're going to do a Hellboy character. Well, yeah. But maybe lean a little bit heavier into, like, the horror aspect of it and, like, give it a real demonic tone sort of thing. Like, maybe even freak people out a little bit. I mm-hmm. think that'd be a really fun way to do it. I like that, though. That's looking good. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. another guy who's really good looking, by the way. David Harbour. It's a handsome motherfucker. Yeah. He looks good. Mm-hmm. Looks a little bit like Ron Perlman, to be honest with you. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I'll be honest with you, that was never bad uh, casting anyway. That was a fantastic oh, yeah. cast. Absolutely. Yeah, I love both those movies. Oh, yeah. No, I'm a huge fan of those. Something of a character piece. Smart. What was I just saying 10 minutes ago? That mm-hmm. This is the character that we actually give a fuck about when it comes to superhero movies. At least somebody gets it. Yeah, we can look forward to that in April. Oh, oh, hang on. I just saw something even better. What's that? Mila Jovovich will play the villain? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Of two people that I find attractive in this movie. I find her to be gorgeous. I don't Do know. Really? She's kind of like right up my alley. She's one of those that it depends like on the project. Like, it's one, like You look at her and you're like, oh, yeah. And then it's like, Look again. It's like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, but I'm thinking like uh, Resident Evil. Like okay. Alice style. She's pretty hot, Miles. Yeah. Something about the badass women. That's always going to be your thing. Now, th- that'll be fun. I like, I would love, uh, like I said, for them to really lean into like the demonic thing. Mm-hmm. God, is it going to be rated R? What is it going to No do news on that yet, no. But okay. I would assume so. I hope so. That's the best way to do it, man, for sure. I want to see him like tear somebody in half. Or like biting on somebody's neck, Dracula style. That would be dope. <laughs> well, I don't really have a transition for the next story, but it is something we've talked fine. about a few times before. So I know you've seen some episodes at least, and you're a fan of Black Mirror. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they I just I, announced. I, I think I finished season five season. is going to be dropping here by the end of the year. I believe. Oh really? Yeah, December of this year. No kidding. And one of the episodes is going to be a choose your own adventure episode. Hmm. Prompts will come up on screen where you're good to choose what direction the episode takes. Really? Well, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I would say just make a video game then. Yeah. That's what you're really <laughs> trying to do. I mean, although, no, it's it's fun. You're trying something different. That's mm-hmm. obviously awesome. Uh, you know, the whole goal here is just to figure out what choice is going to lead to boobs. And then you just follow those choices at all times. Just like real life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just a practice run. Yeah, it's what I do in real life. Try to figure out what choice is going to lead me to boobs at all time. Inter- interactive TV is slowly beginning to become feasible and more mainstream. Uh, apparently HBO is releasing its own interactive show called Mosaic, oh. directed by Steven Soderbergh. Oh, shit. That's yeah. a serious fucking director right I there. Know. That ain't going to be some hokey bullshit. And this move by Netflix is part of their plan to become more creative with their programming to appeal to a wider range of audiences. How much wider does Netflix... I feel like everyone has a Netflix account. How much yeah. wider do they want to go? And, like, there's an entire range. Like, you'll find something you want to watch by this point. You yeah. Know? Maybe they should stop fucking limiting their library. How's that sound? I kind of like it. Like, it. It's a fun idea. It's something new. I always like that. It the, seems like it fits the show, too. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah, no, it, it sounds like an episode of Black Mirror. I feel like in two weeks we'll all be dead or something like that. The, the aliens are going to take over. The only thing I'm worried about is that if it becomes too big of a success, we're going to see a lot of people doing choose-your-own-adventure TV shows, and that's going to get really fucking irritating. Yeah, I could see that. Then, like, in six months we'll be like, you know what, man, sometimes I just want to sit down and just watch this fucking TV show. Yeah. What do I got to make the choices? Exactly. Let the creator tell me what they wanted. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. I'm just saying you're essentially making a video game at this point. Like, let's just 
Let's make a video game. How's that yeah. sound? Video games are fun. People are. like video games. Mm -hmm. They make and money. They've got a pretty wide audience. So. Yeah. yeah. That's also a fairly wide audience. Yeah, a lot of people watch that. All right. Well. Oh, the... speaking of video games, did you hear about uh, the writer of The Witcher? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, like Andre Subjoski. Or he's own. still alive? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was dead. No, no, he's, he's still I alive. I thought these books came out in like the 70s or something. Oh, no, they're only like... 10, 15 years old. Oh, really? Like that. Oh. Maybe even younger than that, to be honest with you. Okay. I'm not 100% because I didn't start reading them until I played the second game. So gotcha. I can't tell you what the ages are. Although okay. I think the newest one only came out like a year ago. Oh, all right. I think it's six. But uh, yeah, the writer of the Witcher series, Andre, I want to say it's Sebjowski. Probably wrong on that because it's Polish and I don't yeah. speak Polish. Apparently he's suing the creators of the... Uh, or he's threatening to sue the creators of The Witcher Three, wow! For like royalties, they uh, it's been it's been the same company for all three of the games. CD Projekt Red, from what I've heard, and I can't guarantee this is like a verifiable fact or anything like that because I have not um, looked into it that much. From what I heard, when they made the first game and they bought the rights to the Witcher character in the Witcher universe, mm -hmm. they offered him. Uh, like a profit sharing thing basically we're like you know if we, if we make this much money off the game we'll give you you know 10 percent, whatever the fuck it was i don't know and he said no to that because video games were a stupid medium that's not going to make any money so he said just pay me like ten thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars or something like that and then you can have the rights to it and do whatever you want and they said cool then the third game came out and everyone on the planet bought it twice and it made four billion dollars and now he wants a profit share fucking uh, problem. So that's where we're at. Because it's like, these are books that I like. It made me a little um, like sad to know that a writer of a book series that I really enjoyed is kind of a dick, apparently. Oh, there's eight. Yeah, look, the newest one came out in 2018. Yeah, two, 2007. They're only like 10 years old. It was when The Last Wish well, came out. the English translation. Right. I mean... He's still alive, though. I think it only took like, a couple years to get to the English translation. 93 was... 93. Okay, so they're still younger than me. That's gotta mean something. They're really good books, though. Have you ever read any of them? No. They're a lot of fun. I fucked up the first time I read them, because I read them out of order. The translations weren't all correct. And then I eventually bought it on... Um, you bought it on my phone or something like that, and then it showed me like the actual order you're supposed to read it in. And I was like, ooh, I read those like totally out of order. <laughs> like I, I read like the third one... And then the fifth one, and then the second one, and then the first one, and I was like, "This this well, narrative makes no sense." <laughs> it looks like that's how they released them too, yeah. Because yeah, okay, yeah. Look, yeah. That, that that makes sense. Yeah, so they only translated the some. The third of them. book was published in English in two thousand eight, and the second one wasn't until two thousand fifteen. That would make sense then, because yeah, I remember I ordered it out of my library in like my town that I grew up in when I was still living at home. I like ordered the first book because I was playing The Witcher two, and I was like. This game is really fucking good, and I like this character. Then I found out it was based on a book, and I'm like, well, I gotta fucking read these books then, dog. So, that would make sense why it, uh, I was so confused Because, <laughs> yeah, I just remember, like, reading them in the order that I had, and I was like, this narrative is a little choppy. I like these books, but the narrative makes no sense to me. <laughs> They're a really good series, though. I think you'd enjoy them. They're sort of a Lord of the Rings, but, like, a little bit grittier. And a little bit more, like, this is a dumb word to use for high fantasy, but a little bit more grounded. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Yeah. See, what I like about it a lot is um, it does something that I always find fun in high fantasy, which uh, the Dragon Age games do the same thing, and I've always found this like fun, is that instead of the the different races, like the elves and the dwarves, being seen as like these higher beings, like like 
because in like the Lord of the Rings books and stuff like that, the elves are like basically higher, like than the yeah, they're like demigods almost. They are uh, completely like uh, discriminated against in the Witcher series and like put in ghettos and shit and told to go fuck off basically. Really? And, like I've always kind of liked that a little bit. I don't like racism. I'm gonna say. <laughs> Careful but here, Trey. It's careful. a it's a fun, different way to write a story where it's just like because like humans end up winning just because they breed like rabbits is how all the elves put it and shit like that. Because only uh, it's actually it's part of the setup in one of the books in the Witcher series because like the elves and the humans are kind of at war with each other a little bit. Like there's like rebel factions fighting humans and their oppression. And the whole thing is that like elves had the same thing in like the Lord of the Rings where they'll they'll live for you know thousands of years or whatever, but they can only have kids when they're young. Like, within their first, like, 50 or 60 years or so. And then after that, they're no longer, like, fertile or whatever. All right. And all the young elves went off to go fight the humans' oppressions, and they all died. So, essentially, the elven, the elven race is eventually going to die out now. Because they really don't have too many people to have kids anymore. So, it's just, it's a really creative way to write a fucking fantasy story. And it's a lot of, like, it's interesting. It's just interesting as shit. And then the Witcher gets, like, you know, like, the main character, Geralt. He gets, like, pulled, like, kind of both ways. Witchers aren't seen as human because they're mutants. Hmm. Because they're put through, like, these different trials to become witchers because they have, like, superhuman reflexes and, like, kind of, like, super strength and stuff like that because they're just made to kill monsters. So they're, like, almost not seen as human. Like, their only thing is that, like, they get paid to kill monsters and they leave. Like, that's it. That's all they do. Like, they almost have, like, Men of the Night's Watch kind of thing, where, like, they're not supposed to get involved with, like, politics or anything like that. Like, they're just like, no, I kill monsters. Monsters will always be around. You guys do whatever the fuck you want to do. I don't care. Geralt kind of gets pulled in both ways at all times. Because, like, he'll hear, like, the like the thing from the elves and stuff, and he's on their side and stuff like that. And, like, he'll be, like, he has friends who are humans, though. And they'll be like, well, don't you want to help fight the elves? And, like, you know, we we got to save the humans. He's like, well, I'm not human, so I don't really give a fuck what you guys want to do. So how's that sound? Yeah, it just makes for, like... It sounds fun. Yeah, it's, like, a really adult kind of high fantasy thing that, like, has, like, some really deeper meanings and things like that. It's a, it's, it's, it's it's good stories, man. It's right. really good stories. It has one of my favorite quotes of all time in, like, literature. Fuck communism? Second favorite quote oh. of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, Geralt talking about... Um, someone brings up, like, the ph- the philosophical question of, like, the lesser of two evils or something like that. And he puts it as, like, evil is evil, regardless of degree. So if you ask me to choose between two evils, I choose not to choose. Essentially, where he's just like, I'm not getting involved in this. Like, you do whatever the fuck you want. I'm the fastest sword in this fucking room. If you really want to go, I'll cut all of you in half. Basically, get out of my fucking face. I'm going to go have a beer. So, it's just, it's good shit. I like that. Go fuck yourself. Do what I fucking like. <laughs> Alright, give me the next topic. Sorry I got off on the tangent there on The Witcher. I apologize. You just have to bring it up every episode. So. I've I've held myself back a little bit. I haven't brought up The Witcher in like two episodes. Well, I'm actually going to call you out now. Okay, what do you got? You are a fan of musical theater. I am. I saw a little article. I'm also a practitioner of musical theater. So. That's true. You sang quite a bit at the last karaoke party. I did, actually, yeah, yeah, like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to call this to attention, your attention. I didn't know if you've heard about this project yet or anything. Maybe it's even a musical you don't know that well, but I thought it yeah, it might be something Zach would want to know. Okay, yeah. So I saved it for you. Right on. I do like musicals. Uh, 
It's an article. You're familiar with Baby Driver. Oh, yeah. Love that movie. Uh, the star from that baby was Ansel Elgort. Yeah. And he's going to star in a West Side Story remake from oh, Steven Spielberg. Holy shit. That's like three things that I really like in one whole like, okay. story. See, I wasn't that. sure on the, the musical itself. But oh, I no. Well, West Side Story is really good. Do is you, it? Do you know the whole story behind it? I know next to nothing. It yeah. takes place in like, it's like the 40s or the 50s in New York and it's two street gangs fighting. Okay. But what it is, it's a retelling of Romeo and Juliet. Oh, all right. Yeah. It's actually really well done. There's a couple of really good music songs in there. It's the, um, have you ever heard like the old joke cliche of like, like the musical theater fight is like two people coming out an alley, like snapping their fingers at each other. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. West Side Story. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, uh, that's one of the songs is like, cause it's the sharks and the jets are the two gangs that are fighting each other. Oh, they're the, the, they're the Montagues and the Capulets. Yeah, they're the Montagues and the Capulets. All right. And that's one of the songs is like a rumble tonight or something like that. And it's all like five foot six twinks who were in musical theater in the fifties. And they're all like in like leather jackets, snapping their fingers. Like gonna, the fights tonight's going to be a rumble. And it's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah, it, it was made like silver screen era. I think it was like the movie was made in the fifties or sixties. It's actually a really good musical though. There's a couple of pretty good songs. The main girl, Maria, she has a couple of really good songs. Oh really? And West Side Story. Okay. Well, she's not yet cast, but El Gort will star as Tony, the male lead. Nice. Uh, female lead has not yet been cast. Spielberg will direct the musical remake. Wow. They'll reunite Spielberg with Tony Kushner, who previously wrote Lincoln and co-wrote Munich. 1961 is the first time it came out. Okay. okay. It was the first movie. Based on the Broadway musical of the mm. same name. So the Broadway was probably in the 50s then. Oh, yeah. No, the, the Broadway one was going on for a little bit before then. The original film, directed by Robert Weiss and Jerome Robbins, went on to win 10 Academy Awards, including Best Picture. Oh, no, it's a really good movie. Have you never seen it? No, I haven't. I mean, it's like, you gotta remember, it's the 1960s musical theater kind of movies, but okay. it's really well done. It's a lot of fun. All the musical uh, scenes are done really well. The choreography's great. Okay. It's a really fun movie. I think you'd like it. I'm excited for that, actually. I'm really excited yeah, for that. I, yeah, yeah, you're marked it for you. I was like, yeah, Zach will probably enjoy this article. I do like musical theater, man. Yeah. I'm like, I'm a big fan of musicals. Because I started doing musical theater in high school and like did it for a couple years outside of high school, too. I did it probably like altogether about six years or so. Oh, really? And then just kind of stopped because there wasn't like wasn't a lot of good theaters around here. Keep doing it, really. Kind of the same reason I stopped doing stand-up comedy. Yeah. And drugs. Uh, yeah. I wasn't good at it, and there was nowhere to do it around here. <laughs> All three of them, same answer. <laughs> uh, we, we, we did have a fun little karaoke session two weeks ago over there, though. It was entertaining. That was a good time. There was only like three songs that I knew, but hey, it was fun. You guys were getting into it. Yeah, we dug deep. We we did a couple musicals in there. Did my favorite musical at one point. I get to sing my favorite song of all time. To, to sing. It's my favorite song to sing. But Out There from uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, that one was actually really impressive. I'd never heard that before. You ever heard of that? No. Oh, man, you got to watch the movie. That's my favorite. I mean, did you do you watch any of the animated like Disney musicals like Aladdin, Little Mermaid, so, that kind of stuff? I like from the caught 90s? up and watched a fair amount of them last year while I'm doing my movie challenge, trying to watch a movie a day for the entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I caught up on a lot of them then. Uh, never did watch Hunchback though. But with West Side Story being a Shakespearean tale, it's Romeo and Juliet. You mm-hmm. know that, that's what the, the Lion King is too, right? It's Hamlet. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Hamlet. Hamlet yeah. yeah. How fucking cool is that? It was fun. No, uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame is by far my favorite Disney musical. Hmm. 100%. The animation in it is amazing. The guy who plays the villain, Judge Claude Frollo, is probably the greatest Disney villain of all time. Wow. Has one of the best songs ever. 
and his whole uh his whole um uh what's the word I'm looking for? Uh like reason for being a villain kind of thing. Um I can't think of words. Uh fuck. That's the word I'm thinking of, man. Help me here. It's kind of fun seeing you struggle. Oh, God, man. I'm fucking screaming here. His whole uh, reasoning, like, drive for, like, for goddamn Motivation? His motivation. Motherfucker. <laughs> Christ. Oh, I'm keeping all that in. Oh, There's no edit God. I was on the edge of a fucking river trying to get out of it, and I could not. Ah, oh, Christ! <laughs> Holy hell! Fuck me! Hmm. Sorry, guys. I apologize. Anyway, uh, his whole motivation, his, his drive is. His, I technically we're all synonyms for motivation. I just want to yeah, point that, that out. Eventually, it got me there. I was so in the right. Bravo. I was in the right fucking ballpark. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, his whole mo- motivation for his villainous acts that he does is because he falls in love with a gypsy because she dances well when she's hot. And then decides to burn all of Paris to the ground. Oh. It sounds shitty, but it's a great fucking story. <laughs> it's my <laughs> right. favorite Disney movie of all time. Anyone listening who hasn't seen that movie, go watch it. It's fucking just mind-blowingly good. Okay. Some of the best music, some of the best animation, all of it is great. Check it out. Motivation. Motherfucker. All right. You want to call this one? I'm fine with it if you are. I'm going to go bang my head against the wall for 20 minutes for not knowing the word motivation. Yeah. Fucker. You've had a few drinks. You've admitted that. I've only so. had like six beers. I shouldn't forget common English words. <laughs> God, it's like it's my second language. It's like if I called a toe a foot finger. <laughs> I hurt my foot finger. I can't remember my reason for trying things to do. All right, guys. You ready to go, buddy? Yeah, sure. We got here. All right. Well, as always, everyone, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed uh, our little romp here. Uh, let's all get excited for the PG-13 Deadpool 2 movie. Absolutely. Let's also all get excited for the fucking Steven Spielberg West Side Story. This was up. I'll give you some credit for it, yeah. I'm very excited. If you want to get a hold of us, uh, as always, you can find us on at the A2Z show. That's A number 2Z show. Uh, also follow me on Twitter at Melch Knows Best, M-E-L-C-H Knows Best, or Big Guy ACV if you want to talk to Andrew instead because he's a lot better. Not really. I'm rarely on there you're nicer they're, they're able to see you <laughs> it's true i do tweet a lot especially now hockey season starting i'm about to really be tweeting uh also if you want to get a hold of us and you don't want twitter to know and you don't want to send a dm you can reach us at uh gmail now which is uh a two z show dot ask at gmail.com that is literally connected to my phone if you send something to that i will get back to you i promise hope you guys had a lot of fun we love you all i love you buddy Thanks for being here with me. Good seeing you again. You got anything you want to drop the people with before we leave? No, I think I'm good. Uh, I know your motivation now, so. (laughs) Motherfucker. All right, guys, go out and find someone you love. Give them a kiss on the cheek. We love you all. Big kisses. Mwah.